The text for the message this day is taken from that Old Testament reading and the reading from Revelation, which I will bring in a little bit later, as well as Romans 8, which also will be included in in the sermon. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today is the end of a long and arduous journey you have all been on. A very long time, all the way back to September, when it began with but what seemed like a routine visit, began a long trip and journey of surgeries, many moments when you thought he was going to pat that Ron was going to pass. Many hard and difficult moments, many, many hours spent in a, in a Vera hospital. Probably know those waiting rooms by heart, every little chair at this point. Lots of Sioux Falls food, probably unhealthy. <coughs> a long, and it began, and lots and lots of prayers being lifted up. And it seemed like for a period, he began to get stronger. He ended up, he was for a time in the nursing home in Spirit Lake. He got to go home before Thanksgiving. And you were able to celebrate that together, not in a hospital, in a nursing home, but at home. Got to celebrate Christmas together at home. But it was not long before things ended up to go, going bad again. It wasn't long before, as it was a few weeks ago, he fell, and everything just went downhill. Twice, I remember over a week ago, week ago this past Thursday, at LWML and getting rushed up there, and, and I had ready... Um, to go through the, la- the end of life right. And when I, by the time I got there, things were up on the upswing. And they're talking about a surgery on Monday. Th- and then I come back on Tuesday and he's not talking completely well. And then with, and third, about 30 hours later, I call in and that very service I was planning one week earlier, I went through with all of with you, the family, in that hospital. So many prayers have been lifted for Ron in the past five months. Prayers from family members, prayers from friends, prayers that we've had at this altar every week, prayers that have been lifted by other members of the congregation, prayers lifted up by myself. And as, the, as I kind of preached on this past week, this past Sunday, the question sometimes comes, God, were you listening? Were you hearing our prayers? We might be tempted to wonder, were we praying right? Maybe we weren't praying enough. Maybe we needed a couple more. And see, that's where it comes into the hard reality. 
that God's will is very often not our will. God's plans are not our plans. Because I don't know about you, but whenever bad things happen, I don't call God up and say, okay, Tuesday sounds like a great day uh, to get into that car accident. Or whatever it might be. As one pastor used to like to say, if you ever want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Because the thing is, is God's plans are different, but they're always, always better. Romans chapter 8 says this, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Think about that. We come to God in prayer. We come to him in hope that he'll say yes to what we're asking for. But like any good parent, they don't always, he doesn't always give us what we, need, what we want. He gives us what we need. He gives what is best. If he, he who was not willing to spare his own son, who allowed his son to suffer that kind of a death, to have nails driven into his hands and to his feet, for you, he did not spare him, but by that, he was given life. We were given life. On Thursday morning, I read the reading of the Passion from the Gospel of Matthew. The reason why that's included in the end-of-life liturgy is because that is the reason why we knew that when Ron would close his eyes on this earth for the very last time, he would open his eyes in eternity. We know that the blood that was shed by Christ, the blood of the Lamb, made white the robe, made cleansed all of us, made, the, made us righteous. That's why we begin with the placing of the funeral pall. That's why I wear this white robe. It's a reminder of the things to come. And the pall is to remind you of the things that are for Ron. That he is wearing a robe of white. Surrounding the Lamb of God. Surrounded by the great company of heaven. A robe that he received in baptism. As the Apostle Paul said, Do you not know that all of you who have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ? In baptism, you are clothed with Jesus. Ron was clothed with Jesus. Eternal life begins at baptism. It was a guarantee that when he closed his eyes in Sioux Falls, he would open his eyes in, his, in the heavenly home. It was every time that he would come and partake of the Lord's, 
when he would partake of the Lord's Supper. And in the last few months, I was able to give that to him a few times. He received a foretaste of that feast. Every single one of us, when we partake of the Lord's Supper, we are receiving a foretaste of the feast that is to come. The feast that is to come in eternity. There's a reason why right before that, in our liturgy, we say, Therefore, the angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing, Holy, Holy, Holy. The reason is, is because when we come to the Lord's Supper, we are united to Christ and we are united to the church, triumphant. As I say at many funerals, when somebody passes and you miss them, where do you go when you miss somebody? You go to the place where they are at. Ron is around the throne of Jesus. Where do you go to be around the throne of Jesus? To the, to the Lord's Supper. To this table. As it says in Hebrews, you have come to Mount Zion, to the innumerable and feastal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn made perfect. To the righteous who are in heaven, which includes Ron, eventually says to the sprinkled blood, which speaks louder than the blood of Abel. There's a, several, few years ago, there was a movie slash musical, and actually the musical is quite old, and the book it's based off is even older. It's called Les Miserables. And you don't have to be familiar with the movie or the musical, but I kind of slightly reworded this. For the most part, it's intact, but I think it's very, very appropriate for this day. So instead of it being the character Fontaine, I wrote it as if it's got the angels of the Lord coming that will one day come for all of us who believe in Christ. He says... They say, come with me. And perhaps, actually as I go through this, perhaps you may want to close your eyes. I don't know if you want not to go to sleep, but to just hear the words and imagine this image. Come with me where illness will never bind you. All your grief at last, at last behind you. Lord in heaven, Look down on him in mercy. Take my hand. I'll lead you to his kingdom. Know his love, for his love is everlasting. Do you hear the people sing? Lost in the valley of the night. It is the music of a people who are climbing to the light. For the wretched of the earth, there is a flame that never dies. Even the darkest night will end, and the sun will arise. And now you begin to hear the angels and archangels, and all the company of heaven, which includes Ron, which includes Ron's parents, which includes anyone that has ever died in the faith. They will live again in freedom, in the garden of the Lord, 
They will walk behind the plowshare. They will put away the sword. The chain will be broken and all men will have their reward. Will you join in our crusade? Who will be strong and stand with me? Somewhere beyond the barricade, is there a world you long to see? Do you hear the people sing? Say, do you hear the distant drums? It is the future that they bring when tomorrow comes. Will you join in our crusade? Who will be strong and stand with me? Somewhere beyond the barricade, is there a world you long to see? Do you hear the people sing? Do you hear the distant drums? It is the future that they bring when tomorrow comes. The tomorrow that they sing of, and this is the writer of the Les Miserables, was a very devout Christian. The vision is of what you heard in Isaiah. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, a rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well refined. Where can you come to receive rich wine but at the Lord's table? A foretaste of this place. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. And Revelation, after this I looked and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels are standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me saying, who are these in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Raise your hand if you've never had a bad day in your entire life. <laughs> if anyone who raised their hand, they're... They're lying or they've been, they have really positive attitude. This life is the tribulation. Everybody looks forward to some great event in the future world when the tribulation is going to come. The tribulation is every day of our life. So who are the ones coming out of the great tribulation? It is Ron. It is everyone who's ever died in the faith. Therefore, he and the, all of them 
are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will shelter them with His presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and He will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. We don't know why God answers the way He does. But we do know that His ideas, His ways are far better than what we have. You worry that Ron, I know there's the discussion about Ron going to a nursing home and there was an answer of no way, Jose. And guess what? God said the same thing. I have a better room. He got better than the best five-star resort. And And think about it. In the last several months, one of the things that always amazed me as I visited was how much of the family was there. Every time. How many children, grandchildren. That doesn't happen all the time. I know many, I've I've been to different cases where no family is seen for weeks. How how strong, he is is the, the head of the family. It's amazing that even in his week, in his sickness, He was growing you all closer together. All that time that you spent in that hospital, in those waiting rooms, waiting and praying with one another, hearing scripture, you were made stronger as a family. And God had a plan for him. A plan for eternity. Now this does not make mean that We are not going to cry, and it is okay to cry, contrary to popular belief. We all have this idea, you've got to be strong for whoever. I remember being told that when my grandfather died. But remember this, Jesus wept. It's okay to cry. Contrary to popular belief, it's not manly to cry, because the only true man was Jesus, and he cried. So, none of you are more manly than Jesus, so... If you don't cry, you're not as man, you're not as manly as you think you are. <laughs> so you should cry. Death is a tragedy. But there should also be a mixture of tears of joy. Because this isn't forever. This body that we are going to bury into the ground, it's going to rise up. Not like a zombie but rise up strong and mighty and powerful, stronger than he ever was in this life. And given the fact that he worked a very physical job, that's probably saying something. He's going to be stronger and mightier. The toes that he were were lost, they're going to be back. He's not going to have to worry about having doctors and nurses constantly working on him. He's not going to have to worry about appointments He's not going to have to worry about any of the illnesses or ailments that he had to struggle with. And neither will any of you. Because of the grace of Jesus poured out by the cross. This isn't a forever goodbye. This is just a goodbye for now. Because he will rise up. 
And right now, if you, and if you ever miss them, come to the Lord's table. Receive the body and blood of Christ. And there you are united to him. It's a wonderful comfort. Take comfort in God's promises. He heard your prayers, but he gave something so much better than any of us could imagine. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keep you in the one true faith to life everlasting. Amen.